on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast hosted by Michael and Johnny. Before we get into this week's podcast, just a reminder that the Bogeyman Podcast is brought to you by Sports Direct, proud premium partner this year's KPMG Women's Irish Open. You can shop in-store or online at sportsdirect.com. Golf starts here. We have a couple more interviews that we recorded on site at the KPMG Women's Irish Open that we're going to be publishing to the podcast and to our YouTube channel over the next couple of weeks, including one interview with Caroline Headwall, who's going to be playing at this year's Sawhan Cup. It's a great chat with her, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. But now, here's our podcast all about the Irish Open recap and the Ryder Cup picks. Hi guys, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast with Johnny and myself, Michael. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, all good. It's another Irish Open in the books. Um, neither of us were on, were on site for it. You're back to school. I have been a little, little under the weather, and then I also had a family wedding on the weekend, so I wasn't gonna wasn't gonna make the the Irish Open. But it seemed like a really really good event. Watched watched a lot of it on TV. Um, watched a lot of it kind of on on social media as well. The coverage was very good across all platforms. Looked like a great event, and like the field was just amazing. I was disappointed to miss it and obviously be sick, but um it was a really really strong field a really good event and uh, another good winner another good swedish winner yeah like i think i think the fact that was like i know we've got a lot of timing issues of when we put on the irish open and when it's been on and stuff but i think it it worked that there was a down down kind of week on the, on the pga um and obviously the lads needed something to do and it was just the lads are staying warm for the Ryder cup as well so i think with that all together kind of made the field really strong yeah, do you want to chat a little bit about about the Ryder Cup and about about the picks? Because for for Shane in particular, I think so. The picks that that were were made by Luke Donald were Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, um, Matt uh, Matt Matt, Matt Patrick Alfie, didn't he? Who's the other one? Who's the third one? Uh, it was a Seb Stracker. Oh yeah, Seb Stracker. Then Nikolai Hogard was a little bit of a surprise. And then the big, big surprise uh, to some people was Luda Eberg, uh the week after he won in Switzerland. So it, fair play to him. He got, he got the win on tour in his first year, in his first few, first few months on tour. But I think with from an Irish perspective, firstly, a lot of people kind of came in with a bit of criticism for Shane. Um, they said it hasn't exactly been his strongest season. Um, he's obviously now going to the PGA in Wentworth where he is the reigning champ. So within the last 12 months, he does have a win on tour and just yeah. not maybe the PGA tour, which a lot of critics like to tout as like the, the be all and end all. But, um, needless to like, regardless of that, Shane kind of went in with, into this week with a little bit of pressure. There had been people kind of calling him out, Paul McGinley on Sky Sports saying that that's a good thing. You know, athletes need a little bit of that. Shane in particular needs a little bit of that to avoid getting lazy. And I think he backed it up, to be fair to him. It, obviously, it's an Irish Open. It's a home Open for him. There's like loads of comforts and lots of support for him, which probably helps. It also adds a, adds a little bit of pressure as well. But um, what was it? He finished, what, second, third? Third in third, the end? Yeah, tied third, yeah. Like, like I think... <clears throat> He, he and a close a third. It's not like he yeah, was, he was third, like a, yeah. you know, your man Vince Norman ran away with it. He was two shots off the lead. 
Yeah, he, he didn't backdoor himself into a third, which other Irish players seem to do. Um, but, uh, like he he hasn't had a bad season. He's been kind of middling. Um, he kind of yeah. look. He's been in top ten, like twenties, twenty fifth, and stuff. So he just hasn't set the world alight. And then I think, I definitely think the pressure of not being an automatic choice and then having to play well to be a pick actually doesn't suit him. <clears throat> Clearly, the minute he was a pick. And you could see he relaxed, and then he just played, and he played naturally. Um, That's a great so point. I yeah, and I think the minute he was a pick, he chilled out because he like he was over. He was at the Czech Masters. He was grinding, and to me, Shane's not a grinder. He has to be in the mood, and when he's in the mood, he's unbelievable. You go back to his win at the Irish Open when he was an amateur. She had nothing to lose when he was at the Open. Not many people had backed him, and he was you know he was he was in a really good place. When he's not in a good place, he doesn't play well. Um. And we've seen that even when he was missing cuts before that and playing poorly before he won his major, he needs to be in that front, right frame of mind. So yeah, definitely, I think it, you have to question it because it's so big and we, we we can't have goggles on it to be like, oh, he's Irish, it's Shane, we want him in. We obviously want him in, but I think the fact that he was he got his pick and then he played so well, um, it does answer his critics a little bit. And um, and we we know how good he'd be in a team room. How. What type of person he is, what like how how much that team sport means to him, how much that radical means to him. So there's that side of it that is is why he's in the team. But I was really chuffed to see him come out and play play really well. Yeah, um, so was I look, it's it's always good and to to see our, the Irish guys doing well at the Irish Open. It's also good that it's kind of two weeks out now from uh, from Ryder Cup time and. The, the big names are playing playing well. Um, Rory kind of shit the bed a little bit on this on the Sunday, but what I like that from him hell? because what he just happened? kind of he just went at it like. I like I I I get that obviously coming third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh Irish Open is a waste of time for him. Like I get that, and he's like he might as well go for it. But how much time is he? He's like it's Rory McIlroy. Why? It's like every second shot I was like, oh, it's in the water. Oh, it's in the water. Oh, it's in the water. Like I was just. I don't know. I don't know. Rory isn't an eggman. I don't think anyone can will ever understand with him. Um, but I think the fact he does have a stag do before this Ryder Cup. One of his buddies is getting married. I think he's going. He's going. So he's in Rome. So a picture him playing with the hat backwards. Love that. Um, You're a big fan of the back, backwards cap. Uh, to be fair. Yeah, cause, yeah, I love it. And it just it, just, it looked like he was relaxed. Then he's going on to that stag do, which I think might just take his mind off everything. And hopefully he'll come back, obviously having a great stag and a, a great stag with his buddies and a few beers and being very chilled. And he comes in and then just storms the Ryder Cup. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. Like, I, I, it's just so un. If it's not one problem, it's a random other problem. And if it's not this, it's he's dunking. Like they were all short irons he was hitting. And he's hitting them in the water. And like, yeah. like they were. They weren't even four irons, or they weren't. You know, three was his gun stuff. They were quite short irons. So. That was a little disappointing, but then, as you said, I suppose him going for it—that's it, you can you can flip it the other way and go. He was wanted to win, and he was going to really go for it and go going home. So yeah, I I mean, so, he so went he went for it on sixteen with uh, wood in his hand and hit a terrible shot in, into the middle of the water, and then he hit his drop, and then his iron shot from there was horrendous. He was actually like, he looked stunned at how bad the golf shot was, but. Look, let's stick with the Ryder Cup theme real quick before we get into the yeah. actual Irish Open because we've got a lot we want to say about the Irish Open and about yeah. we've got a lot we want to say about what other people have said about the Irish Open. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've, we've got guns loaded, ready to go. <laughs> so are you more confident now 
with the with the Ryder Cup with the team that's been picked than you were a few months ago when we picked our teams. Yeah, like I, I a few months ago, I was very honest. I was like, this is gonna be a whitewash, and just throw in the towel and just get as many lads in with experience as possible to get them ready for the next time. I think the fact that these lads are winning, like if you look through the team, like they're either they're winning or they're playing really well, hmm. um, and even like if they're not, their wins or if they're not winning, it's like Bob comes second, Scottish Open, they're in a massive big field, Aberg is an enigma and is thrown in and he's he's the one kind of where oh we weren't sure but by all accounts this guy is supposed to be the real deal um and if he comes into that team with a no fear attitude that's only going to buzz up the energy of the Fleetwoods and Larry's and, and Rose and stuff because they're that is infectious and he seems mm. to be that character you know um so I am I, I'm really looking forward to how Luke Donald shapes this and who he matches, who he puts together. Like, because obviously they're going to attack the Americans in a certain way. And the Americans aren't on fire. And then Thomas comes in. Is that a good thing for us? Is that a bad thing? Um, so I think it's leveled the playing field because we're more on form. Um, I also think, I'll be brutally honest, I didn't know, I didn't know enough about Seb Straka, Aberg. You know those lads. I didn't. Yeah. I, so I, I've kind of because we've been we're looking at it. We know more of their personalities, which means now, now I'm way more. I trust them a little bit more as well as they're winning. Um, and then you know I'm always going to back Bob McIntyre. I'm always going to back Shane. Like in a, I think that the two of them are like kind of suited for Ryder Cup as well. Um, so the Americans seem Americans seem to be the ones that are in disarray. They're not happy with their picks. Like you know, whereas. With with us, there's only one or two maybe people could argue on Luke Luke Donald's pick. I know more people are giving out that Moronk isn't there. Yeah, but if he was playing so well, he'd be an automatic pick. So, you know, he wasn't unfortunately he wasn't playing as well as to get an automatic pick. So then when it comes to captain's pick, it is a lottery on who the your captain the captain feels is going to suit what's needed. Yeah, that's fair. I think Moronk was a funny one. He was playing really, really well last season and then went over to play PGA Tour, which on a Ryder Cup year is like, I, I, I don't know if that's the smartest thing to have done from his side. Focus on one more year on Europe, earn your automatic qualification points from there because he was playing well. Like, There's no he denying was, yeah. that. Um, but I think he divided his time across the two tours a little too much and that probably hurt him. He was kind of caught between the two there, realistically. Whereas like Bob, Bob McIntyre was in a similar situation and he decided to stay in Europe this year and he, you know, got the last automatic qualification spot and he worked the system to his advantage and he did well. From the US side, the the final kind of picks came out. Um, there's one or two that I really just don't like from their side. So their team now is... JT, Kepka, Sam Burns, Shoffley, Fowler, Wyndham Clark, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Max Homer, Colin Morikawa, Brian Harmon, Cantley, and Spieth. Um, I think Sam like? Burns is a complete cop-out. I think that's just like jobs for the boys. Absolutely. I think that's just such a cowardly pick, to be honest with you. I, I, think, it's, I think it stinks. I, I think it's smart. I'll tell you why. You're not a big fan of Scotty Scheffler because he's boring, right? Yeah. You'd rather see anyone else win. They're mates. I reckon he's picked Sam Burns because Scheffler's going to be in because what he is. Sam's a good putter. 
Sam Burns is friends with Scheffler. So that just eliminates that problem out of the team that Scheffler could be boring or lads might be in his work, work well with him. So I think Sam Burns is purely in there for Scheffler. That's that's tough on Keegan Bradley, who's been playing very well. Won recently, good player, good Ryder Cup player. Like, but that, that's going to be even, tough for him to take. It is, but in, in his Instagram post... He's been playing said, better, like, and he's been he playing has, better. He has, but like, in his Instagram post, he was saying he was trying to get closer to the lads. If, like, there were no denying the talent of that American team. If there is a slight issue with the dynamic of their team, and that's why he Justin Thomas is there. Justin Thomas is not Poulter. He hasn't been at six Ryder Cups and played brilliant in all of them and dug America out of the shit. That's why Poulter was picked all the time. And yeah, we didn't true. bat an eyelid because he's done six or seven. Thomas has done... He's only, has he been three Ryder Cups? Uh, he hasn't been... Yeah, maybe two, but he hasn't been at... Yeah, okay, but he hasn't been at seven or six or seven. So there must be some di- problems with dynamic that... Well, if we need JT there to help things out. You don't leave JT at home. Well, why? He's not playing great. He, he probably like if he wins the singles match, I would be shocked. So there so must would you, be. Would you have brought Bradley over JT? Uh, well, yeah, I, mean, I like JT, but I think I, I, I'm a big fan of JT. And if you get out of your heart, you probably would pick Bradley. But if there's a problem with the dynamics in the team, and that's why JT and Sam Burns are there. If he sat around as captains and they're like, listen, these those lads don't like each other. There's a bit of a shit morale. There's maybe atmosphere is not brilliant. You pick Sam Burns and JT. And maybe they were the maybe the problem isn't that they're the picks. Maybe it's that Brian Harmon won the open and Clark won the US Open. And they're going, Well, there there's the two lads we won didn't I wasn't banking on those two lads being in. So it wouldn't That's have been true. a problem. Um so I think and I also think they can look to me that Zach Johnson made those picks made his picks a long time ago and then things unraveled a little bit and he's like well i've already made the picks i can't go back on it now it does also kind of seem like he like zach johnson spoke to players and was like listen you're in my team don't worry about it you're in my team and then like six months four months passed and like jt's fallen off the face of the earth sam burns hasn't has gone off the boil entirely and like john johnson nearly backed himself into a corner to say after saying jesus these guys are already on my team and they're playing shocking now yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, if I told you this time last year, JT is going to be a pick and you're going to be like, absolutely not. You'd be, that's madness. It's just like, he's definitely going to, he's definitely good enough. Yeah, that's, that's, we wouldn't have seen thinking he'd fallen off a cliff. So, but again, maybe that's a little, I did feel really bad for Bradley when he put up that Instagram about his suitcase and he hadn't opened it. And yeah, like, that's got to be really tough when he... It's going to be a few he, more years before he opens it again. Yeah, but also he, he knows why he was not an automatic pick and he even said, and I, I tried to get more pally with the lads. So the fact that someone in some vice captain or captain said that to him a while ago and he tries really hard to do that to make himself a pick and he grinds to be on the team more than winning other stuff and then not getting picked, that's tough. I doubt Luke Donald turned him a wrong and said, listen, if, uh, if you're more mates with the lads, you'll be in. Or that's what you need to work on. That didn't happen. It just the Donald just didn't pick him. But someone said that to Bradley. So that's gotta be a serious kind of kick in the nuts. Yeah, that's gotta be tough to take. But um I mean, But let them have chaos. Let yeah. either let give Bradley a European flag and stick him behind <laughs> him with the tenth green. Like let them let them explode. All right. Let let let, let this American team crumble. Do you think they will crumble? I mean like 
No, I, didn't. I don't think I, they will. I think they're solid enough foundation that they'll be yeah. that they're going to be very, very tough to beat. I saw that their their Instagram account or whatever their social media team were putting out that video of dropping the ball in the rough. And they're like, this is ridiculous. And then the team here <laughs> responded and be like, how far are you guys planning on missing? It seems yeah, like yeah. out very, very far the rough is bad. And look, I mean, the golf course is set up for driving accuracy. That's no surprise. European Ryder Cups have been built that way for, what, since Glen Eagles in 2014? Um, I think that's just the way that this is going to go. It's going to be a driver, long iron, putter competition. And I, I also think that the Americans, if they think they're up against the wall, they'll come out fighting. They need, we need them to be arrogant and think they're the best and they're going to smash us and they won't worry about us. And then all of a sudden we end up winning. That's, that's, yeah, know, that's we, we need them being kind of cocky. Over, over yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Like, like, don't put Brooks up against the wall because he'll bury you. You know, you don't like the Laz will pull out something like, and so let's just hopefully they, they, they think they're, they're brilliant and they're still going to win. Um, but yeah, I'm more confident than I was, way more looking forward to it. I was kind of going, I was afraid we were going to be just watching the Europeans get the shit kicked out of them uh, for in, in, in everything. And it just would have been, it would have been so disheartening after all the build up to it. And it just would have been a car crash to watch. So I am hoping now that, and I, I, again, there's a lot of, we've got a lot of young lads, a lot of young lads. So, as long as they put up, as long as we can put up a fight, and you know we pick off certain things, the future is looking better. You know, are you more positive now? Because I think having those young guys in there, there's there's not as much scar tissue. There's definitely no whistling straight scar tissue amongst Nikolai, Bob, or like Sep or or Luke Luda. Like those guys won't be coming in being like, "Oh, geez, we got hockey last time out." That's not that's not gonna be the case at all because these boys all they know, like in particular in, in um Aberg's position, like all he knows is winning. So yeah, I think I think so, having those guys kind of in there, like young, confident and like almost naive to a degree, will be very, very good. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I think that's probably like Luke Don's probably had a really good chat with Rose to go, This is how we're building this out. you're coming in with experience, but do not talk about whistling straights, do not talk about the bad ones. You don't even mention Madonna, just talk about part like talk about all that sort of stuff and yeah. oh we did this and did this because and just ride the positivity. Um it's a good point that they're you know just 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 with Rose is the experienced one really in there. But yeah, I think talk Rose, about like I, Paris, Celtic Manor, yeah. Glen Eagles, like, yeah. like K Club, Ryder Ryder Cup in 06 there, like they're yeah. the ones we want you to be to be yeah. talking about. And I, I think I think you're probably right. You kind of you picked Rose uh, months ago as that person in the room that is you know just dropping little things here and there, um, and is just a solid player. Um, so I think that I think that, I think that's a smart move from from Donald as well. So I, I would I, I like the shape of his team. I do think Moronk is a little bit he's hard done by not being picked. I'm not the biggest fan of Moronk anyway. I'd rather I'd rather I. If you, it was Moronk, you'd rather Hogard or or Aberg in there. Yeah, yeah, massively. You know, you could have put the two brothers. So would I, to be honest, I'll have reason for him. Yeah, um, but I think your point is is probably right that staying on the European like it's 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 a more of a Ryder Cup team now. It's like it's Europe versus the big bad PGA. We still have lads that stayed on European on the sorry DP World Tour European Tour. Um, yeah. I think I kind of like that. I kind of like that. It's not just 
the 12 best European lads on the PGA, the best 12 American lads find out. It's a bit like, well, our tour like has, well. has credentials. Our tour is pretty good, you know, so I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, no, I do as well. Right, I think we've kind of, well, actually, hold on, before we go, do you think your this European team can win? They can win. You think they will but, win? But we won't, we won't win. Oh. But I, it'll be tight. As a contrarian, I'll say we will win, just because... I God, I'd love them. I'd love them to do it. Yeah, I know. Like, I, yeah, but I, I don't think we will win. But I think it, it'll be tight, and I think that'll be very entertainment wise. And there's going to be some surprises. Like I think there's going to be kind of like I think kind of Paris where I did, like when when Molinari and Fleetwood just couldn't stop winning. Just clicked, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think there's going to be something like that, and it could be from the American side where you're going. Like, like it's, it wouldn't surprise me if JT won. All his matches, and he played in all every single oh, one of them. God, won. Please, no. I mean? <laughs> it w- w- wouldn't surprise me if uh, Aberg Holland won. Like it's Holland won and wins the match on that, or yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, you know, Justin Rose drains a seventy footer after just just being struggling to keep afloat, drains seventy footer to win it, and that. Like, there's, I think there's going to be something where everyone's going to go, Jesus, and um, like you know, Rory could take flight, or he could just be hitting everything into the water like he is at the moment. Splash Gordon, as you called me. <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see who they pair Aberg with, because I think Aberg Rory combo would be just the absolute worst thing in the world. I don't want to see that at all. No, I don't. And I, again, yeah, that would be terrible. I think like, you can see Aberg with Rose. Yeah, that's a great shot. That's a good shot. Um, yeah, but then again, who do you put Bob? If if like who we who I'm interested who he puts out because there's certain like could Bob like I know. Tommy Fleetwood and, and Shane would be a very good matchup together, but they both have a bit of experience. So would you put Shane with Bob? Do, do you know what I mean? Do you know, see, because you know the so just working, I whatever how their games line up is one thing, but then the personalities with rookies and experience, yeah. how he does that. I um, I think I think Bob Bob and um and Rory could be a decent group because Bob is very much that bang in the chest kind of player, like we saw it at the Scottish Open, like when he made that putt, when he made that big putt and he started going berserk to go into mm. the playoff. Um, that, because I don't think, I don't think Rory would need to rely on them too much. I think yeah. when it comes to like, if, if they're playing in foursomes, I think I nearly back Bob to make some big putts over Rory. Rory's putting very well at the moment, but I think Bob's the kind of guy who can step up when he needs to. And, and just, he, I think I really see him as our next generation of, of Ian Poulter, really like. And also, like I, I know it makes no difference, but it's like in tennis or like is a left hander, yeah. like it's just it just it it's just different. The holes are different. Holes are different for Bob. Bob, Bob Mack versus kid. Brian Harmon. Sunday finish two lefties going at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Bob would kill him. Oh no, I, I, I think, think Brian Harmon. I think like, Harmon. Yeah, I think oh, but Harmon's a good putter, man. With that massive fridge he has in the bottom of his shaft, put it with. <laughs> I don't know how to be that good putter. Just a quick break in this podcast to remind you that the Boogeyman Golf Podcast is supported by Callaway Golf. We got our very cool new OGO golf packs the other week and our new Callaway Golf shoes have just arrived. As you know, the new Callaway Apex range of irons are just out, so we're going to get our hands on those pretty soon, as well as do a video all about them for you guys. So just a reminder to go check out the new Callaway Apex range. Those irons are meant to be unbelievable. I'm really, really excited to get my hands on them. And yeah, the Bogeyman podcast is supported by Callaway Golf. Um, right, so we've gone long enough now without talking about the Irish Open. So as everyone knows, 
the Irish Open, the Horizon Irish Open has been at the K Club now for last last week. Uh, Vincent Norman is the the tournament winner. He was a great winner. To be fair to him, I don't know a huge amount about Vincent Norman, but for the last few years, last three years now, so the or four years, so Galgorham, the two Mount Juliet Irish Opens, and now this year at the K Club, there's been a lot of people kind of kicking off about. Um, the fact that the Irish Open has been hosted on a park and golf course. Two people in particular, Tron Carter on No Lane Up, uh, has really been. <laughs> <laughs> Tron has really been kicking off ever since it was in Galgorm. He hates the fact that the Irish Open's at a park and golf course. Now, Matt Janella put out another tweet this week, and I'll read the tweet because uh, I think we both completely disagree with what Tron, Matt, and a couple other people have been saying for a number of reasons. So, Matt's tweet is. Damn, yet another week in which the Irish Open sells out to something other than a Lynx course as host of their national championship. I get it, it's all about the money, but this bruises the soul of the game, stomps on the heart of the golf gods and burns the eyes of everyone watching. I hope somewhere deep down in places they don't talk about at parties, someone is embarrassed for what they've done here. This might be an open, but not an Irish Open. I think that's incredibly, incredibly harsh from Matt Janella uh, as someone who does promote a lot of Irish golf to Americans. Um, I think, to, what, what does he say here? He says, stomps, uh, bruises the soul of the game, stomps, stomps on the heart of the golf gods and burns the eyes of everyone watching. I think that's not only incorrect, but incredibly rude to say about um, the K-Club in particular this year, an incredible golf venue. Um, and I think there's there's a number of reasons that Lynx golf courses aren't hosting the Irish Open. Obviously, Royal County Down are hosting there now next year, and the K Club's going to be at, at the K Club's going to be hosting the Irish Open for three of the next five years, and every alternate year it will be on a Lynx golf course. So, I think Matt needs to kind of just calm down there a little bit, as does Tron Carter. But I, I think I think there's there's two separate sides of the argument. There's the the reality and the logistics of it, which I think Tron Carter does get, but says he doesn't care. But well, obviously, the logistics of it is that the the Irish Open, like we need, it had to be has to be funded by somehow. So there is a monetary value, and we kind of money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. So it has to be go especially to on this tour. Kind of, yeah, especially on this tour. Like trying to compare it to me to the Scottish Open makes no sense. Yeah. The Scottish Open is backed is a was a, a, a try. What do they call it? It's a PJ Tour and a DP. Dual sanctioned event. So there's money coming to PJ Tour. The Irish Open is not. Secondly, the Scottish Open is a warm-up for the Open. No mm. one act like they don't go, oh, you're the Scottish Open champion. They, no, you do won the warm-up for the Open and you never, if you win the Scottish one, you won't win the Open. That's all the Scottish Open is. Oh, Whereas, it's important of that. He won it. Yeah. There was no celebrations whatsoever. It was brilliant that he was Scottish national champion. Good for him. But we said this with the day he won that, that this was a warm-up act for the week following. If the Irish Open is only played on links and goes in around then, then the Irish and the Scottish are just warmers for the Open. No one actually cares. It's just, lads, get your reps on the links. You have a great field. Lads are only using those practice rounds. So to me, that, does, that doesn't, well, just to get on the links course, let's have a links season, but no one actually gives a crap about the two of them. They just care about the Open. To me, that doesn't solve the problem. So that, that's ridiculous. And even when it was, the discussion was played on the at links, the Renaissance wasn't old enough for people to be happy enough. It was a new links course. They didn't like that either. Okay, okay, grand. Like so, that's that's the same. But with the money, is that a lot of her links courses are so old that 
they don't have the like they don't oh they're not they don't have the money financially to be able to host an Irish Open because they're member owned, yeah. and the members don't want to lose their 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 carry, and that's just fact. So it's 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 so it's it's just looking at the surface this argument to me. So I I we we spoke about this. We spoke about Matt Janelle's tweet. Um, and we knew that Tron Carter was going to come out about this again, as he did does every year. So what I did was I messaged the general managers and head pros of it's yeah, it was five of the top eight links golf courses in the country. Uh, I didn't approach one of them because obviously it's going to be hosting the Irish Open next year. So I didn't go talk to Royal County down. But um, those uh, head pros and, and general managers got back to me and not a single one of them wants to host the Irish Open. Not a single one of them has any desire to host the Irish Open for a number of reasons. Okay. A, their primary primary audience is Americans. Irish Open is broadcast obviously in Sky Sports and yeah, it's broadcast to Americans, but at a brutal time zone when Americans don't watch it. I mean, broadcast begins here at one o'clock in the morning, at one o'clock in the afternoon here in Ireland. That's 9 a.m. in New York. That's like, it's it's the middle of the night in the, on the on the west coast. They don't want to like they don't watch that. They're not watching the Irish Open. They may, they might watch highlights later on in the day. Um, the amount of money that a golf course loses hosting the Irish Open is millions. Because again, a lot of these Irish links golf courses, their primary revenue comes from Americans paying very expensive green fees, much higher than GUI green fees. So depending upon what your golf course is over the three weeks to a month that a golf course would be hosting the Irish Open in green fee revenue alone, they will be losing anywhere between 800,000 and 1.6 million euro to host an Irish Open. Now bear in mind as well, to host an Irish Open, the venue has to pay the DP World a tour a fee. I'm not too sure as to what that fee is. The mm. GMs didn't tell me, but it's hundreds of thousands. So you're losing millions of euro to host this event. You might make a little bit back on the gate on concession stands and then increase your green fee in off the back of hosting the event and using that as part of your marketing, but you're not going to make that money back. Then it comes to the agronomy side of the golf course. So a lot of the different GMs and head pros came to me with different reasons why they don't want to host it. Um, the amount of damage that grandstands have on Lynx golf courses compared to Parkland golf courses is far more severe. So like it, the dunes, a lot of the dunes would be destroyed, be destroyed. and you can't, re- you can't repair them. Like exactly. it, it would damage so many golf courses. We're not, we, we can't make any new links golf courses anymore because of the environmental side of it. So what we have is we have, we put a stick there, it would destroy some golf courses. So apparently there's a, a running joke amongst the kind of golf general managers that there's a reason that the rota for the open is a seven year rota. And that's because it takes seven years for the golf course to recover. So Port Rush hosting in 2019, it's six years now, and it's going to be hosted in 2025. Apparently it takes years and years and years for the golf course to recover from all the grandstands. And that's the only real tournament that any of these golf courses said that they would express an interest in hosting. One of them actually said that they wouldn't even host an open. They don't want it there. And that brings into account the, the third big reason why the golf courses don't want to host these tournaments. 
and that's because they can't. So um, a lot of the big golf courses can host kind of 15, maybe, maybe 20,000 people on site a day. There were over 30,000 people a day at the K-Club this week. So the amount of lost revenue and ticket sales that that wouldn't be made by hosting a golf, the tournament on a golf course, like a Lynx golf course, uh, is going to be halved each day, which is just like the amount of revenue that then will be lost as a result of that is huge. So the tour realistically doesn't want to be hosting a tournament on a Lynx golf course because at the end of the day, it all comes down to the money that they aren't making by hosting this tournament on a Lynx golf course. Royal Canyon Downs a little bit different because it has the Ansley golf course right next to it, which is another 18 hole golf course that they have, which would be used for like driving range, practice facilities, um, grandstands and stuff like that there that will make it a little bit easier to go around. But again, RCD is a little bit of an outlier over the last five years um then the the last one is just the infrastructure the infrastructure around links golf courses because links golf courses are so old and were developed so long ago and are built as part of the town like the hinch was was a nightmare to get in and out of it was a brilliant event when you were in there but it was an absolute nightmare to get into and out of. Port Rush worked very well because of its position. It basically, Northern Ireland, Colrain, Ballymena, Port Rush area, all is operated as one big one-way loop system. And also the fact you could come back to Dublin, like yeah. it wasn't that far back to do if you like for accommodation-wise, etc. Dublin wasn't. It was an hour and a bit away, so it yeah. wasn't the end of the world. So, whereas like Parkland Golf Courses, they have the infrastructure, especially resort places like like the K-Club or like Galgorm or like Manjulia that all hosted it. They all have park and ride facilities. They got car parks. They have surrounding areas that can accommodate additional car parks and, and, and like just general infrastructure for a tournament like this. If like, it, it, I don't want to name any of the golf courses, but if, if a golf course in Ireland, the Lynx Golf Course was to host a tournament, it would be a huge inconvenience to the entire region, the entire county to accommodate the infrastructure for that one week, that the amount of people that it would have pissed off over the amount of people that would enjoy it is is massive. Separately, like Port Barnock has kind of been touted now as, as host as a potential host venue for the Open Championship. Two of the general managers that I was talking that I was talking to about this, they said that the infrastructure around how they're going to host that event at the, the Open Championship is going to be horrendous. Like traffic is going to be just an absolute nightmare. Getting people into the event, out of the event is going to be a logistical headache for everyone involved. And that's just a number of the reasons why the golf courses don't want it. And like but, and that's just yeah, the reality. Cause... People just don't want it right now. But there's no space around a lot of the links golf courses there's zero space around like like i wonder like i'm just I, even at the top of my head royal dublin has that beautiful wooden bridge all the way across imagine a sky truck trying to drive across <laughs> you know a, 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 one of those wooden bridges or like yeah. it, or all around like, like royal dublin will, right. will will never host an irish open ever again they, 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 but they, they can't, can't be, they can't physically they, we'd have to build islands around it yeah. to put to put stands on which is madness now i think there's a lot of people understand the financial side of it in the back and stuff the other point for me with this is that if the irish open is only ever played on lanes golf courses let's say there's a magic wand and it's just played on lanes golf courses okay great i will what say we, also yeah 
like I would love the Irish Open to be hosted on Lynx golf courses. I love Lynx. Oh, like, I think I think it's it's yeah. it's, it's so much fun. It's unbelievable. It so don't so don't I. think I, like we yeah. don't enjoy watching and experiencing Lynx golf because that's absolutely not the case. Oh, massive! Like I'd love to see uh, Min Lee and like Rhea and all like Irish Open all to be on Port Mark and and Royal Dublin. It'd be unbelievable. But if we just play the Irish Open Lynx golf course and we go, okay, Irish golf. It's just links, and that open's going to be there. Okay, great. That's one thing. The second thing is that we have unbelievable parkland course, golf courses all over the country that are world, world stage golf courses. They're the best in the world. Well, we just ignore them. We do nothing with them. So all of Ireland has these 20 golf courses, and the rest just is ignored. To me, that, that's that's not showing Irish golf. It's not showing how good it is. Like, main Juliet, an unbelievable golf course right it's up there the k club up there it's just to me it's just so short-sighted to go only on these 20 we're going to ignore the fact that there's parkland golf courses no one was given out that the k club hosted the Ryder cup no one had a problem with the k club doing that all of a sudden because it's an irish open now is a problem if the irish open was in a dare manner would people be given out oh it's not links it's not no because it's arguably one of the best in the world yeah. We want like showcase all of Irish golf, and I, and I, if they said we're not playing it on links, we're only doing Parkland. That's to me, that's not okay. If they said we're just if we're not playing, if we're just doing like you have to have the both. You have to show golf in Ireland. Like it's just it's so it's short sightedness on what Irish golf has, in my opinion. And I think an idea of a of a, a links a Parkland links a Parkland where it works to me would be perfect. Yeah, and. I think I think golf is nearly a um, a victim of its own success. So a couple of uh, general managers that I spoke to said that there are two events at the moment that they would be interested in hosting, and one of them is nearly getting to the point where it's becoming too popular that it they can't facilitate it, and that's the Walker Cup and the Solheim Cup. So uh, the venue said that the Walker Cup is at the absolute max that they would be able to host because they're saying that they were you know. 30,000 plus people at the, the latest Walker Cup in in St. Andrews. The guys in La Hinch are expecting similar again in the, when they hosted it in 2025. When it comes to the Solheim Cup, Links Golf Courses said that they would be interested in hosting it, but that's because unfortunately there just isn't as much of a demand for spectatorship when it comes to, to women's golf. Like that, that was kind of perfectly evident during the Women's Irish Open. There was 30,000 there across the four days, whereas the Men's Irish Open had basically 30,000 a day. So just from a logistics side, the golf courses were saying that they would be open to hosting something like a Solheim Cup or that type of a tournament, because when it just comes to the damage on the ground and grandstands, there's less grandstands, there's smaller grandstands, there's less spectators, there's less damage done to the golf course. So there are less and less golf courses that will be willing and able to host Irish Opens. And then there are those few, like, like Rossapena would be amazing. Like St. Oh, Patrick's really? Links would be really? incredible. Old Town would be such a great golf course to host the Irish Open. And they yeah. could. They have the landmass, they have the space, they have everything there. But it's up and downings, which is very, very, very far drive away. So you're not going to get the spectators there. So even though they have the space and they have the the capacity to host a big tournament like this, like um, Ballyliffin was a brilliant tournament, but it didn't get the numbers that the K Club got. And and like I think if if the tours went in to make that concession, I think that's great, cool. 
brilliant. I'll still go, you know? Yeah. But like, and that's the, that's, that's the thing about it is like that there is golf courses, but it's just not realistic. So to throw out a comment going, it doesn't work. You've lost a soul should be on links. It's so short-sighted. That's like, you know, listen. The US, the US Open, like they decided to go to to LA this year. It was against all, all what they, all, all what they wanted it to do. But having said that, you need to put it around. They were giving it off time zone. Yeah, but it needs to go around America. It needs to go west coast, east coast, in different places. That's yeah. it, you have to bring golf around. You have to show that American golf isn't just Augusta. You yeah. know. There, we have to go, oh, like, and that's the, you know, there's Shinnecocks, there's this places, and then you can have that. So there should be times in Irish golf when it's on a, a Mount Juliet and a K Club and a, and a, a forever, and then there's Port Marnock and this Lahinch and those as well, because it's showing exactly what we all play week in, week out, what we like to play. Um, and even when Americans come over, they don't just play the links. They do play, they do win and do the parklands as well. Yeah. so like I, I just think it's it's just short-sightedness and I heard someone say that the Irish Open doesn't have an identity at the moment which in one way I can see where they're coming from isn't the, but that's because it has it doesn't have a history going back as far as the Open and it's always mm-hmm. going to be compared to that well let's create an identity mm-hmm. that it is the best golf courses in Ireland that can that can work it and who knows maybe there will be a links one that goes well we might do it once in the next 20 years. Okay, maybe that might suit them, right? Yeah. But if you make it a, if the PJ money comes into it, that makes a big, big difference. Yeah. If we're relying sure. we're, we're the DP World Tour to bankroll it or a club to bankroll it, which is the way it's happening. Like the K Club has taken a hit massively and it's signing up for three days. Yeah. We know Drumoland, it, it hit the pockets Drumoland Women's Irish Open and without Drumoland, it wouldn't have been there. So, the PJ Tour are going to go, okay, yeah, we want, we'll be able to do this. But then it's a different conversation. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's not like we're saying that the Irish Open isn't going to a Lynx golf course for 20 years. It's going to be on, arguably, one of the best golf courses in the world next year. You yeah. know, it's going to be an RCD. So, yeah. like, it's, 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 it seems like such a short sighted argument. And ugh, look, it's just, it's an easy, easy argument for people to throw stones at um whether you're american or, or whatever i think it's easy to uh, it's easy to throw throw shade at at uh like the k club or someone but you know they're the ones also wouldn't to put their hands in their pockets and host it what i would also say is the isps handler which was hosted up in galgorm and on castle rock earlier this year that was a great event like it was brilliant hosting a golf course on on the links golf and on a parkland golf course if if there was to be some kind of DP World Tour event like that, which could be you know a smaller field event or a smaller purse event on a Lynx golf course, and then you had your big like National Open Irish Open on a like a resort course or like 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 the K Club or something somewhere like that. Um, that would be a great compromise. But again, the tour is actually you know the ISPS hand is now no longer existing, so the tour has actually reduced the number of events in Ireland in, rather than increasing them. So it's just. The people who put their money where their mouth are happen to be places like the K Club and Mount Juliet and Galgorm. Yeah, and I think the people that would throw shade in the Irish Open at being at a resort golf course wouldn't even go and watch an, a, a, a lower down DP World Tour if it was on a Port Marnock or it was on a stuff because they would they'd be like, oh, I just want to watch the big ones. Yeah. So 
that it's it's not to actually watch the skill of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's my rant over. I think that's kind of that pissed me off to be honest with you. Like, um, I expected it from Tron Carter because he does it every year. Um, yeah. But uh, Tron Carter also has a very good habit of talking shit about golf courses he hasn't played, but then when he goes and plays a golf course he loves it and promotes it like hell. Like he went and did that preview video for LACC and LACC was an absolute dog shit venue for the U S open this year. So shocker shocker when he gets paid to go and promote a golf course, he thinks thinks it's unbelievable, but when he doesn't go to promote it, he thinks it's shocking. Um, disappointed in Machinella, to be honest with you. I think that was, I thought that was unnecessary and, uh, incorrect really. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. Um, and I would I would hate to see the really our top our top Parkland courses off Arota for the Irish Open, if they said they were never going back to some of those courses. That would that would piss me off as well. Yeah, right. I think that might be it for this week's podcast. Um, the Sohan Cup starts in ten days' time. Uh, it's going to be very very exciting. This week is the BMW PGA at Wentworth. Apparently, all twelve of Team Europe are going to be in the field which would be great. So if you're looking at getting a good eye on a couple of potential pairings in early in the week uh, for the Ryder Cup side, I think you might be, you might be well served. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who gets grouped with whom. Um, and then after that, then we're into the, we're into the big one. Solheim Cup, Ryder Cup, next three weeks are going to be very, very exciting. Yeah, I think that's a very good interesting From the photos of the lads doing practice rounds and stuff, it looks very good anything and even the as you said the social media from from both america and europe is pretty cool yeah that's no, gonna be good um we'll see what we can do kind of that in terms of extra coverage around solheim cup and Ryder cup because we want to kind of give it a bit more than than just kind of the the, re, the previews i don't know whether we do something like a live show as we watch along on the on saturday or sunday we could watch it together or something like that yeah that'd be, yeah that'd be cool. stream it to you guys and we'll just kind of do questions and answers we'll see what's going on but um we'll try and do something we'll make it a bit of fun um are you playing it all this do you, do you have time to play it all now with with uh work back no i haven't played at all and i, I definitely want to play it before the weather starts getting bad i was I was coaching yesterday and the only thing I had was golf rain gear in my car and it just made me feel sad that I was standing on a pitch in a, in a, gilet, in a, in a gilet in a golf jumper with no clubs. So I do, I want to get, I would do, I wouldn't mind getting out. Uh, we, we, we might have to get out and do a little a nine, a nine and dine uh, one of the Friday evenings. I, I fully endorse that message. Yeah, let's do it. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to the rant. Um, defending the Irish Open. That's what we're doing. We're here, the defenders of the Irish Open. Uh, we'll see you in the next one, guys. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.